Dan's Driving Double Feature presents One Minute with European Zombies, circa 1980, episode 40. Hey everyone, thank you for joining me now for 40 episodes of this, whatever this is. Yeah, we are talking uh, Burial Ground, we are talking Zombie Lake, we're in 1980, we're about 40 minutes into both movies, let us... You know... In Zombie Lake, I think things may not be going well for Kathleen the Maid. Uh, there is an open window. She is in a hallway. or Actually, it's it's like she was... Oh, I guess she was in a hallway, and then she saw the curtain, and then she looked, kind of looked through it, and there was the doorway. It almost looks like she... It almost feels like she kind of was walking along. She went into a room, and there was another room beyond that room where the window was. But I'm, I don't think that's quite what's happening. But the previous minute ended with, we're outside, we're looking through a hole in the wall, which I presume we will call a window. And in the far distance is a doorway. She's standing it with a candle, and she is going to approach us. caretaker guy from Friday the 13th part 6, Jason Lives some folks sure got a strange idea of entertainment, that quote might not be exact, but bear with me There, there. so the minute is a woman slowly creeping through this room she sets the candle down she looks around she leans out to close the shutter we see a zombie in the bush below because it look, we're on the second floor and he has like a stake or like a, uh, yeah like a Ten, not, not, not a ten peg. Yeah, the, hey, the zombies go camping. Camping with the zombies. You get like, it's like a, like a, like a steak or a, like a peg of, of some metal spike. And he whoosh, flings it through the air and gets her right in the hand. And whoosh, it goes into the wall. And she's screaming and screaming. And the minute ends with a bunch of zombies underneath approaching. And one of them raises a scythe up above her head and begins to lower it down onto her neck. And that's the way the minute ends. It's kind of weird if you think about it first off. Like, I, I guess we're all a little sick in, in some ways, you know, with uh, you know, with our random fascinations with uh, like the Grand Guignol or, or how excited my friends and I were to watch Faces of Death. We were, can hell, I own Faces of Death on Blu-ray for heaven's sake. Um, but it is funny to think, yeah, this minute is just basically a woman. She gets a spike thrown into her hand, and now it looks like she's going to get her head cut off and eaten by a bunch of zombies. It's a little strange. And although I'm going to miss Kathleen, sure. But, well, let, let's start with the obvious. Wow, those zombies, that's pretty good. They, they, they left. They found a window that was open. They found this spike. They found a scythe. They probably have some other tools and things down there. And it's like, just go with it. Just go with it. And the zombie who throws the, the spike is like hiding in a bush. All the others just appear. 
but he's like hiding in a bush like a stealth zombie which I love and he throws the spike and gets her perfectly he throws it up into the air to a second second story and gets her perfectly with it and I know it's burial ground you think like damn again logic no it's not here but this is this is a step above I mean in, in zombie we had a zombie fighting a shark kind of half trying to get to a woman and and you could you could see what's going on there you know shark in my way will must stop shark I'm so, you know I don't mean it could sound you know, hulk like but um and so the zombie attacks the shark it's like hey we've never seen that before and we've never really seen this before either um you know the the zombie uh actual long dead zombies like you know hitting the tool shed and going like well what can we do you know they're smarter than arthur's knights and monty python and the holy grail you know they they just they they hit the tool shed and they're like okay i'm gonna grab the scythe what do we do i'll sit here with the spike maybe if someone leans out i mean i'm sure it wasn't like for all i know he was aiming at her head and he hit her in the hand so the rest of the zombies are like oh crap steve now we got to get the scythe you know, I don't know. You know, maybe he was, because she leans out, maybe he was aiming to get her right in the top of the head, and then they could just bring the scythe down, or, or maybe, I don't know, maybe they had the, a butterfly net or something they were just going to hook her with and pull her down. But they got her in the hand, and you, you improvise. These are very improvisational zombies. Zombie improv. I feel like I've said that already, and I apologize. But yeah, he right in the hand and the thing is coming down and she's screaming and screaming and screaming and there comes a time where it's like, oh, screaming and screaming and screaming. Oh dear, that's a lot of screaming. And the zombies are all kind of there looking. It's great because the last shot is sort of over her. As you see the sky, 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 eh, why not? Lowering towards her neck and you could see very vaguely because it's pretty dark on the ground. You could see the zombies kind of looking up at her. Which I, I really like. It's kind of um I think I think it's almost like, whoa, they figured out that someone was gonna come to this window and have to open these sh- and close these shutters. We can do this. And sort of all bets are off now. The, the zombies, these are these are smart zombies. They may move a little slow, but this is going to be problematic. Will they be able to get in the house? Who knows? I mean you you would oh my god, wouldn't that be great to see like um uh, like uh, I, I just thought of Buster Keaton in college uh, during the final scene where he pole vaults into the room, which I believe was one of the one of the only stunts he he couldn't actually do. And and uh, and uh, what I say he could actually do, he literally couldn't do it. He couldn't pole vault into a window, so they actually had to like hire a professional pole vaulter to do it. He just simply couldn't do it. It it was something he couldn't do. But I'm just thinking of that. Like the next scene, will all of a sudden you'll see like a zombie running along the ground with a pole, and whoa, and he'll go up into an open window. That would be awesome. But yeah, I I fear for Kathleen, and I I do wonder why everyone else is together doing stuff. Why, why didn't they send someone with her? Why was she sent into the space? Now they could have been thinking. Um, well, she's on the second floor and she'll be safe. And Kathleen does a weird thing where she she looks out of the window and she looks like immediately to her right and I think possibly to her left too. But she doesn't look down. And at first you think, oh, they're on the first floor. But it seems it doesn't quite... They, they're not on the first floor. We saw them run up, run up the steps, go up the steps earlier a couple minutes ago. So they're not on the first floor. We know they're on the second floor. And we don't know how high that is off the ground in relation to this point in, in the in the house or the villa 
But yeah, the way she looks is like, is there a zombie on the side of the house? Is there a zombie on the side? What? I got hit in the head with a spike. Oh my God. They're down on the ground. If she, and if she looked down, she'd be like, holy crap, five or six zombies. I'm not moving those shutters. I'm not touching those shutters. Although you'd think they'd bring a ladder. If, they, if they're that smart, you, maybe there wasn't a ladder. Maybe George didn't allow that. I don't allow ladders on my property. Don't ask. But I will not allow a ladder on my property. Okay. So, but you, you would think, I mean, wouldn't that, wouldn't that be even something crazier if she was like in the room doing something and then all of a sudden like behind her, like slightly out of her ear shot, uh, you just saw like the top of a ladder hit the windowsill. And as she's doing something in the foreground, you see like the ladder kind of move, like someone's climbing it, and then all of a sudden a zombie face rises up over it. And hopes she turn, rush it, and kind of give it a push out and try to get the zombie to fall backwards. And oh, that's comedy, comedy with a K. All right, for that was minute forty. Minute forty. We we are getting close to the halfway point on burial. Oh, we're getting close to the halfway point on both of them. But let's hop on over to Zombie Lake, where the mayor's story has ended. And the reporter is sympathizing with the mayor about now she knows why it's called the Lake of the Damned or the Damned Lake of the Damned. No, you don't. No one knows how I feel, and neither do you. Well, sir, I would like to thank you. You've been more than cooperative. Uh, Shanek was quite right. He said you knew quite a lot about the lake and would answer my questions, for which I thank you very much. Yes, you've been helpful. Thank you. Goodbye. Helena, poor baby. You mean you too. Just like your mother. Come along now. You shouldn't stay here bunch of stuff happens in this minute not not too much stuff we're not going to go crazy but first off when the mayor and the reporter stand up we see that for some reason there is a huge black cloth over the mirror behind them to which i was hoping either the mayor would say have you noticed my wonderful black cloth or the reporter would say what's with the black cloth but they don't say it and I do, you do sit there kind of watching the minute going, I want to see it all. I want to see the camera crew. I want to see everything. You see the shadow of some of them. Because the camera kind of, uh, they're at a, at a decent distance when they're sitting down. But then they pass right in front of the camera and go by it. And the focus puller is a little slow on the uptake. Plus there's a bit of shadow from, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's what it looks like is it looks like they lit the scene for them sitting down. And then for whatever reason, probably for time, and time and money, uh, it was just like, uh, okay, just just leave leave the camera in the same spot and just keep the same setup and we'll just have them walk by the camera and go, and she'll go out the door and then the mayor will just stop in front of the camera. And what that means is once they leave the setup and the camera begins panning, the lighting is a little bit off. We get the shadow of sort of vague shadows of what are clearly camera crew and, and cameras and it goes out of focus so I mean that's to me that's I, to me actually that's that screams sort of like a Jess Franco uh, 
kind of thing. But and you know, obviously he was meant to be involved with this, but he was actually off shooting like eight other films at this time, including Bloody Moon and Oasis of the Zombies. And when when did he do Cannibals or Cannibal Terror? Well, there's Cannibals, not Cannibal Terror. Sorry, Cannibal Terror is A. M. Frank or whatever his name. I am Frank. I forget. But but that strikes me as a very much a, yeah a Jess Franco kind of move. But I guess it's a it's a Jr. kind of move too. But yeah, I like that that just that feeling of all right, we got this set up and finally we got the room to work. All right, they're gonna stand up. Okay, follow them as they stand up. But then we see the cloth really really well. Who cares? Then they're gonna pan by. But we can't get the focus because the. I take it back. I bet you it had nothing to do with the focus puller. I bet the focus puller did everything they could, but the lighting being off, they couldn't, um, they, they needed, they didn't light for the space at the door with the window behind them. They lit for the space of the chairs, so there was really nothing. The, fo- the focus puller did everything they needed to do, but because the lighting wasn't right for whatever, wherever they had it set, yeah, sorry, focus puller. I've I've done that before when I was in film school. It's not a, it's not a thing I enjoyed, and I applaud anyone who who can do it. Um, but that no, you're getting shot in the pardon me, shot in the ass, on that just because of of that. They should have they should have shot that there. Had them maybe stand up, shake hands, and then cut to like the door, and them going out the door. They shouldn't have all been one shot. Having said that, the in the uh. In the French version, the the mayor says, "No one knows how another really feels." But in the the English version, he sounds a bit whinier, kind of like, "No one knows how I feel." But but the reporter is very nice about it. They mention what Chanak then the guy with the great mustache, and they go out the door. And I, I guess she got what she wanted. She was told this story about them killing Nazis and throwing them into the lake, and now it's a damned lake. I, I don't know if. I, I guess I guess the tricky thing with the story is that he told us why the lake apparently is damned, but he didn't really tell her why what what that means. She just said, "I've heard stories that it's it, the lake is damned. Oh, because we threw three, two, four dead Nazis into it." He didn't mention the things coming to life and killing people. I guess she probably already knew that, but you 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 figure you know that would. It, just the way the story ends, you know, for a story that meandered on forever, this it kind of ends with like, oh, that, oh, there's the end. Okay, she's gone. All right, mm, there we go. So I guess it's yeah, the damn lake of the damned. And then the next bit is weird because it cuts to the barn where I, it was where the where the where the couple uh, had some earlier on, and there is a gal who I I presume I think it was ten years ago, so I presume she's ten. Although I I don't know if I I can't I can't gauge the age of kids. She's older than seven or eight and not thirteen or I I don't know I I don't I really can't I'll say I'll say ten because that's I think the round number we're being presented with. Uh, but she's kind of sitting there brooding and this woman who I I'm imagining is the woman who looked like the director as a woman in in the previous uh, minutes. Um, and forgive me, you know, to direct the, you know, the, you, know you remember what I said there, uh, and kind of comes out and brings her out, and um, uh, yeah, and it's 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 a slightly odd scene because yeah, the gal looks really connected, disconnected. Helena, she looks really disconnected, and and the, the nanny, I guess the nanny brings her out of there. And, you know, she's dragging the gal out of there because uh, obviously that's where her mother and father did the 
the deed. And, you know, um, it's come along, one shouldn't stay alone in the French. Come along, you shouldn't stay here in the English. And it's, it's weird because as the nanny walks up, she's got like a blue apron on, which is more or less the same color as what the girl is wearing. And there was a moment where, and forgive me, where she grabs the girl's hand and she begins to drag her along. And um, she says, come along, you shouldn't stay here because you've forgotten to put on your pants. And for a second, I thought the apron was the pants. And she was like, girl, would you please put on some pants? But it's, it's just a strange moment. We're like, I don't, I don't understand what's happening. Is that French? I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back away from that right now. But that, that, I always think that same thing when she says that, because you've forgotten your pants. And the girl is so dour. And, and she's sitting right near a pitchfork. And I thought, is there going to be a pitchfork attack later? I don't know. But yeah, there's that. And the, the minute ends with, uh, with, with the minute, the minute ends with kind of a, a, a um, uh, I don't know. I don't know the, the makeup, a kind of a van, like a Volkswagen van or something like that pulling up. And you hear gals giggling. And on the side of the van, there's a little, little banner. I'm uh, not a big banner, a little banner that says basket PF12. I don't know what that means, but immediately upon seeing that, I thought of Europe's International Youth Club Boarding School of Languages from Bloody Moon. And I thought, I bet that is, that is, that is someone who doesn't speak English trying to make something look like it's, it's a basketball team or whatever it is, but basket PF12, that means nothing. I'm dying to know what that means. They almost hit some logs and the minute ends basket pf12 i love that so much and i've been talking a little too much right here but you know and and you know forgive me for going after the focus puller earlier on in this episode but uh i don't even know where we are okay yes um we are at the end hey of episode 40 of one minute with european zombies circa 1980 basket pf12 kathleen's neck may be in trouble And uh, we'll talk again soon.